It's a quarter to nine now on a dismal Saturday morning in Cork. One of the wildest mornings, in fact, I've experienced. And I'm driving along Patrick Street now, heading on to our Leaside Clinic, which we'll be attending later in the morning at uh, 49 Grand Parade. Traffic is quite light at the moment, even though it's quite close to opening time. And there are very few people on the streets, and the streets look absolutely windblown and rain shot. Coming around the corner now into the Grand Parade, Sloyd and the Hopper of Wee. It's a fine wide thoroughfare, and uh, sweeping around left here. Traffic is slightly heavier now, and uh, stopping at the lights. And when we come along, we'll pass the City Library, and uh, now ahead of us, one can see the Fianna Fáil buildings in Cork at 49 Grand Parade. It's a shabby enough building over a florist, and um, it bears the sign Fianna Fáil across the front of it. Below it, there's the Legion of Mary Hostel, and further on, there is the river and uh, the various monuments, and uh, up to the left is the South Mall. And, uh, traffic and even in the last few minutes or so has stepped up appreciably and people are um, creeping along by the side of the walls of their houses as the wind is uh, very very strong and I suppose people are trying to avoid the odd flying slate. This Fianna Fáil building which as I said is over a florist is uh, as a present preservation order on it now because its uh, exterior apparently is uh, unique among the buildings in Cork City. Now, a few minutes to nine, and uh, our first customer for the clinic is not scheduled until 10.15, um, when I believe the uh, Taoiseach, Jack Lynch, will be arriving. But already, one of the constituency workers is there at the door, and uh, he's taking away some of the rubbish bins from outside, and there's a young woman with a small child standing in a, in a cranny close by, Obviously, she is going to the clinic and will perhaps be among the people we'll meet later this morning in uh, our Leaside Clinic. And then up the stairs with Ollie Walsh, the constituency worker. Ollie, who has known Jack for a long time, who enjoys his work for the party, enjoys meeting the people on Saturday mornings. Ollie, whose memories, in fact, of Jack and the Taoiseach and the clinics go back a long, long time. I remember well the 1948 election, that's the first election he got elected. What was he like at the time? Quite, well, you know, as any young up-and-coming politician getting into the political line, 
boys and shy and a bit nervous like anyone else, but as you see, he proved himself in the long run. Has he changed much since he became Taoiseach? Uh, more humbler, I think, than he ever I. Very humble. And he was a fine holler in his time oh, as well. Oh, he was, yes, indeed. He was very few can win six All-Irelands in a row, and then it's not easy to play against teams like Kerry and Tipperary, Kilkenny and Dublin. Did you see him as a holler too? Oh, I did, yeah. How much of his, his skill as a holler has he brought to the political field, would you say? I suppose his coolness and his calmness, more than anything else, he has brought into the political arena. Dan O'Connell and other party workers a shy, diffident, soft-spoken man, but he's certain of at least one thing. He's a very natural man. I think he's one of the greatest. <laughs> Jack is a good man. There's no, you know, he, there's something about him like that uh, attracts people. It's now 9.15 on the Saturday morning and the Fianna Fáil clinic in the Grand Parade in Cork is beginning to fill. It's something like a dentist's waiting room or perhaps a church as they sit in salad rows of forms, communicating or not communicating, each jealous of his or her own interview, his or her own impending success with Antishach or someone else. How important is the clinic? Oh, I think it is one of the most important links with the public representatives and the, the general public in the city here. They have an opportunity to meet the Taoiseach, the deputies, or the councillors as they wish. Um, they come to us sometimes and we make arrangements for them. We make appointments for them. And Danny, why, what do they come to you about? What are general kind of problems now? Well, many, many of the problems they shouldn't need to come to people at all, but social welfare problems, pensions, um, things like that. There may be delays uh, with the department answering or communicating with them, and they feel by coming to the public representatives that the thing will be speeded up or things like that, you know. I suppose much of it is a lack of information. Certainly, that is correct, yes. The clinic, then, is a very personal business. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is because... Uh, I have another problem too now, and uh, it, is a per- it isn't personal, but it's personal to someone very near to me, like. Mm. And uh, I feel that I'd be taught one way or the other the answer to that problem. I suppose coming into the Taoiseach is something special, is it? It is, although I'll tell you, it's my first time coming to him. 9.45am and our clinic is filling rapidly. Pictures of Jack Lynch and Eamon de Valera, which formerly looked down on an empty hall, now look on rows of people stretching down the stairs. Two other TDs are walking away, and Sean O'Reilly is carrying on his conversation with me about Huntishuk. He knows precisely what he wants. I think that he has uh, become uh, definitely the man that he always was, but he's more of it now. What's your impression of him as a person? I've had personal dealings with him many years ago. Mm. We had a problem, a personal problem. Mm. And uh, it was about getting uh, uh, somebody into hospital in Dublin urgently. Mm-hmm. And he'd done that. Oh, within a, an hour of, being right, uh, of getting the phone message on that Tuesday night, when the doctors in Carpenter couldn't do it. Jerry O'Mahony, how important do you think these clinics are on Saturday morning? Very important. Um, 
especially from the fact that people can meet the Taoiseach really without any appointment. As far as I know, it's the only part of the world that happens. Certainly we had people here from time to time, especially English press that came over, people from the Times magazines, Times, Times paper, and also from a television programme, and apparently they surprised them the easy way that a person can walk in and have a word with the Taoiseach and discuss any problem they have. It's important too, I suppose, Jerry, to the politicians themselves. I think it is because he obviously will meet the people and they will tell him what they think. I suppose generally any minister or Taoiseach is generally surrounded by his own supporters and they're not always going to tell you the truth. But I think when uh, Taoiseach comes to Cork or any minister, he'll get the facts of life, and especially here in Cork, quicker than other, he'll be told what, in our, in our probability, he'll be told how they run the country. The clinic, of course, is straight communication, person to person. Totally. Nobody takes any... People come along and they have a choice between the TDs, the minister, and the Taoiseach. I suppose when the Taoiseach arrives, a certain amount of people change their mind and they might be coming to a TD and obviously they go to the Taoiseach because, first of all, he's so easy to approach and he listens to, as a matter of fact, his patience often surprises me because some people, when they go into him, they can go from one problem to another problem, and I'm sure they really keep him there all day. I've often seen him come in the morning, half past ten, especially a fine summer's day, and he'll be there at four or five o'clock in the evening. Taoiseach's clinic is at the top of the stairs. A bare room, one table, two phones, two chairs, a large window looking out on the city car park, an electric fire, a howling wind, two RTE microphones, waiting and listening. All is set, except that I must ask each client if he or she is happy to be recorded. The ratio is stark. 70% for, 30% against. That's democracy in action. There's no selection, no careful screening. 10.15, the word is, he's here. Atmosphere, temperature, attitudes all change. Enter on Taoiseach. Friendly, cool, businesslike. He's the only one to take off his coat in that room. Now tell me what's the problem. Well, first of all, uh, we have a, it's a local problem and it's probably it's a city problem. The bus schedules. Uh, and that's on the old people. Turner's Crossroads, is it? Yeah. yeah. They're really upset. Yeah. Something that was working smoothly over the last few years. Yeah. They've changed and they've thrown everyone into disarray. Old people that normally used to yeah. go into town to half past ten mass in a week there. They're lost. Buses have been changed. But uh, they have, can't have been changed so drastically that there wouldn't be a bus running about half past ten. They, they are actually because yeah. I picked up. An old man the other day, and he said to me, I saw him at the bus stop outside the, the bus office, yes. the bus garage, and uh, he said to me, uh, Oh, they've upset the buses yeah. completely. And I know he was particularly trying to get to Mass in St. Yeah. Francis. I so see. I said I would mention that. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's a question of the, the changing the time. Changing the times. It is, it is a and the old people can't get into town for late, late morning Mass. Late morning Mass. Uh, yeah. That's a good point, yes. It's, it's, but uh, what is the frequency of the buses? It's not, it's not too good at the moment. Uh, it, it 10, 15 minutes now? Uh, they would be around that, but the t the the there's, a, yeah. there's a terrible lull lately. We don't know whether they're understaffed see, or yeah. undermanned. So the, you, you, what, in effect, so the, 
the sensors have been changed and, 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 and the fre frequencies have been lengthened. Is that that's it? right, yeah. And this, and 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 that, that's it. And bus stops have been changed and you'll never have to that either. You'll just see it for another 10 yards down the road. But I think the guards are involved in that. They, they, that's only done with their uh, knowledge and consent. But however, well, I, I'll I check up on the, the, yeah, the timing of the buses and the frequency and see what I can do about it. No. You have another problem with that? I, I, I have. It's, uh, it's about a telephone for a, for a person uh, yeah. who issued that. Uh, the information is there on that, if I, I might elaborate. No, it's all there. It's all there for you. And any, any special reasons? Why the reason why they were living in Cone with their mother, this yeah. husband and wife. She's had some uh, drastic accident. So uh, the, the and that's had. enough, yeah, mm. the wife. Oh, the wife, yes. They left, bought a house with a phone in it, in Ballon yes. Temple. Yes. They got down on the and phone. The, they won't connect the phone for them. And the Ballon Temple address is here as well. That's right, and that's where they're living now. I see. There is a phone in the house, but There's it's not a phone, connected. but they won't connect it? Yeah. And they had a phone in their old house? And the mother had, that was their mother's, oh, but they I left see. that with her. You see, they were married and they, they went out, moved and out. The mother is still living in the she old is. house in, in Abbott Road. There is a medical certificate in the post office as regards this man's wife's condition. The phone is the only way to be connected up. I see. But what uh, does he spend, I suppose, he does. Does, like any he married does. man, spend most of his time out at work? That's right, yeah. And she's he not does. well at the moment. Not and there's a certificate there to prove that. Yeah. And have uh, they got a family? I, she's expecting, actually. I see. And I don't know how the animal was uh, right one of my own common members. I think you knew about, yeah. Anyway, I have all the pictures of the house and the phone number in the old house. Well, now, the, the, um, the mother is still retaining the phone in the old house. She is. Yeah, she is, yeah. Just to repeat then, the phone is in the old house and all the wires laid and everything. Everything is there only just a matter of connecting them. And they won't, they won't connect yeah, it. Unless well, they uh, get the number away or I'll something. I'm making inquiries about that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll well the point that is, of course, that's a possibility because in many of those areas with the big new housing estates, the lines are almost completely overloaded. And unless they can uh, provide new lines and that's a slow operation. It's possible, as you said, that the phone has been given to somebody else. Therefore. It's possible the number was given, that's why yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'll check it out anyway, and I'll let you know. Good morning, Father Cotland. Good morning, Mr. Jones. Thank you very much for meeting me. I take it you come in your capacity as President of Mocklin as well? Yeah, um, uh, it's just that, that uh, we see uh, we would like to see the uh, organisation. Excuse me. Yes. Who, who are we looking for? I'm here. Yes. Speaking. Yes. Oh yes, Mr. McCarthy. Yeah. Are you are you in town or are you in, at home? I abandoned, yeah. Uh, about another hour and a half, I'd say. Yeah. Would you be able to make it in that time? I thought you would, would be here. Hmm. Well, listen, could you couldn't mention it on the phone, no? You wouldn't like it. Okay, then. Yeah, I know. Well, I tell you what, then, if you could get up on your bike and come in. At least that anyway, probably up to about quarter to one. Have you have you have a car, have you? Ah, she'll make it in time, so. Right old bag, thank you. Uh, any further you were telling me that you have, uh, we have plans for, for? For development and expansion, we would like to see uh, uh, 
higher level of support from the Department of uh, Education, and I decided mm. that this was a constituent of yours. I, I mm. thought that you might be able to help. Well, uh, it's interesting that uh, a Catholic curate in, in Cork City is president of Nocton Natura. I suppose you have had associations with him before you came to Glanabraha. I, I did. I had, and uh, uh, I'm not in Glanabraha. Oh, Farnry, Farn I'm sorry. Farnry. Farnry, yes. I did have associations with them because I was out in Ballymartle for oh, a while and I, uh, I was yeah. in, um, in Skibbereen yeah. for a while. Yeah. Mm. But uh, people are under the impression that Nocton uh, Natura is. Um, a totally rural organisation, and this is not so. We have okay. clubs in Barnry, we have clubs in Dublin, we have clubs in yeah. Galway, yeah. we would have clubs in a lot of fairly what, big what towns in Ireland. What kind of activity now would you do in, in Barnry? Uh, Mokhtanatua is, uh, by its very definition, a country organisation. <laughs> the youth of the, of the countryside, so um, to speak. We do. We have we have seven different kind of programmes which we use in Barnry, and we have uh, we have seven different clubs actually, and they do different things depending on their kind of on, on their own interests and their own environment and so on. Yeah, and yeah. and s some of the clubs would be doing fairly sophisticated uh, projects about citizenship and about Excuse homemaking me. and that. Excuse me. Uh, hello. Good morning. Oh, there you cut off. Okay, so you come back if you want to. Others would be doing fairly basic things. Uh, somebody, uh, some <coughs> cl club did a bit of uh, actually reading and writing. And I see. Uh, you know, so they vary but, a lot. Uh, uh, but uh, at the moment, you, you get your uh, main support, I take it, from a grant through the Department of Education. Is that well, right? we do. Or we maybe not your main support, it's a not substantial uh, portion of it. We do. Uh, we, have, uh, we, get, uh, we do all our fundraising at the local level ourselves. We're responsible for uh, the finances of clubs and district councils. Mm -hmm. We're totally responsible for that ourselves and about uh, approximately two-thirds of our funding at national level I comes see. from the Department of Education. Right. The others come from our own sources. Oh, yeah, own sources. Yeah. And anyway, like most of these voluntary organisations, that, that the more money they get, the more they, 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 they can use. So well, mm -hmm. I suppose that, mm -hmm. is, that is true. Yeah. Well, listen, Father, I make inquiries about it anyway. Actually, I can't give an indication at this stage in advance of the budget, but however, I make inquiries to see to what extent we can provide further assistance for you. Next month, I'll be 30 years a member of the Doyle, and I have been doing it continuously ever since uh, 30 years ago. That would be February 1948. It must be a fairly daunting experience for a start. It is uh, one, at the beginning, one feels that you couldn't really uh, count, uh, consider the kind of difficulty that people run into un until you come up against them. I often say that the vicissitudes of life that affect people have become very well known to politicians. It makes uh, it all very personal in here, doesn't it? Well, it is, you see. Most people come in here and um, I'll encourage them to speak freely and um, if there's anything confidential that they want to, want me to pass on, I'll naturally keep it to myself. But um, by and large, a lot of them have genuine problems. A lot of them who come have problems that will be solved anyway. There might be people who apply genuinely for old age pensions or things of that nature. But um, they feel, by getting access to their public representative, at least they're getting attention. And uh, that, that's probably the main function, which you do as well, of course, uh, get the opportunity of keeping in touch with the cross-section of the people you represent and get to know what their problems are. 
It's a great example, isn't it, really? So it seems to me, anyway, in democracy, access to the Taoiseach or to any TD they like? Well, uh, I think that's uh, part of the game, so to speak. Every TD all over the country has to host in it. And uh, a lot of the people who come, of course, go to the other TDs of different parties as well. Uh, some people who go their own don't often have the best case. But uh, nevertheless, I think it is, as you say, an exercise in democracy. And it's important that people have access to the people that they vote for and put into the, their parliament. Enter Gus Healy, A.A. Healy, former TD, former chairman of the party, former Lord Mayor of Cork. He's a personal friend, but he, like everyone else, is here too on business. Well, I came in more or less as a trustee because I wanted to read this letter and see that I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here. And I would have had a meeting of the trustees this weekend to suit you. Yeah. But uh, no, I think we'll postpone it the next time you're down. And I'd like to know when that will be. Well, it will be within the next couple of weeks again. Yeah, well, we'll be down next week, but I'm going to West Cork. And I'll be in, in you the wouldn't be able to have a meeting here. Even for a quarter of an hour. I could, yes. I could make a meeting perhaps but if I on, have uh, on Friday forenoon. I'm going to the I'm going to have a look at the the road planning problem the, oh, with, the with the county manager oh, and the city manager. Oh, good, good. Sometime That's on Friday. The exact time isn't yet fixed. And um, I could fit it in either before or after that meeting on, on next Friday. Well, Would it be uh, if I have this information, which I'm waiting, which I'm waiting, I'll get in touch with you in Dublin. Yeah. But I, I thought we had fixed up all our real problems this about is, the acquisition yes, of the property. This is purely the fact that uh, the documents which are agreed to by both sides have not been returned to their solicitors, and we can't. Who, who's at fault there? Uh, our tenants. Oh yes, I see. Yeah. Haven't returned the documents. I know, but I didn't. Didn't we? Um, we agreed to terms, yes. In, 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 in an amicable agreement with them for Absolutely, terms yeah, and everything. Yeah. I thought I'd this week clear up and my yeah. house list was very yeah. embarrassed about it. Yeah. You see, well, what, what can we do? We the most important thing is that we want to start renovating this. I know, premises. yes. Yeah, By yeah. the way, could you tell me, were you in the here when this was bought? I was, yes. It was the late Martin uh, Harvey. Yes, right. Uh, negotiated the sale of the remaining part of the lease from O'Leary's, there were uh, electrical contractors and, and radio, radio people, people yeah, yes. Yeah. And um, it was a very short lease, as you know. Well, were you with us then when we were in Cook Street before that? I was. Yeah. I, just, I just had my clinics in Cook Street for yeah, yeah. Oh, I was wondering few, I was, few years after I was yeah. first elected. Yeah. I was wondering if you were in Cook Street because they were very tiny rooms. And that was over, 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 the, the, over the GA, GA rooms, rooms yes. yes. Yeah. That was the T.O. Sullivan's premises. And before that, we were down a few doors here. That was before your time, though. No, that was before my time. <laughs> yes, before my time. You're dealing with, with national, international problems and situations every day. And here we have you this morning talking about buses, phones, water schemes, traffic. How do you manage to, to weld the two? Where did the Taoiseach end and the man here at the clinic begin? Well, one has to make several parts of oneself in politics. Uh, a, a person who's in office particularly 
has possibly about three different jobs. If you take my own case, I preside at three and four meetings at the national executive level. I attend the party political meetings. I preside at government meetings. Then I have to do my own Doyle work. And uh, then I have constituency work to do, not only here in my own constituency, but go around to other constituencies as well, to conventions and to annual dinners. And uh, as well as that, then, of course, I try to live my own life. You don't get much time for it. Somewhere here and but, there. But uh, then uh, what I usually do is I set aside, uh, for example, now after today, I have taken my notes. I'll set aside a, about an hour or two on Monday at home, uh, Monday morning or perhaps tomorrow evening, Sunday evening, and I'll expand on my notes while they're still fresh in my mind into my dictaphone. And then I'll get my typist to run off uh, the account of the problems, and if they're a matter that I must attend to myself, I'll do them, I'll get after them. If I can get my private secretary or somebody else in the office to pursue them, I'll, I'll do it that way. But there's a general turnover of business, so to speak. There's a tremendous turnover of business on all morning downstairs, and I've been talking to the people. There are hundreds of them there. And an interesting aspect about you, I think, emerges in this. They talk about the minister for this and the minister for that, and they talk about Jack. They know you for a long time. Is this an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, I suppose it's an, an advantage from the electoral point of view, because if you're known intimately to people, well, they're more inclined to vote for you then. Uh, if they kind of stand back from you in, in some awe as the Taoiseach, well, I, I don't like it that way anyway. I prefer people would uh, talk to me in a friendly way, and I'd like to talk back to them. You don't often get friendly people coming in. Of course, you get a lot of abuse from time to time. But here on Saturday mornings, it's, uh, it's like uh, a railway station, really. And, of course, we have a few TDs sitting in. And um, we don't try to transgress on each other's preserves. But some people do try to get along to us all. You mean the one client might try to move? He, he, he often does, yes. And uh, he might even then go to an opposition TD. That's his right, if he wants to do it that way. But normally speaking, if we find that another member of the Doyle or Senate uh, has a problem in hand, well, we don't like to interfere or invade his territory. All I'm asking is, could you have any influence to get a daughter into any nursing trainees uh, hospital in, in Ireland? Yeah, well, I no, it's not a very easy problem because I have from time to time received similar uh, requests and uh, apparently it is highly competitive. There's uh, no competition about it being no. an space-based reality. I mean, well, I don't know. Well, well, I'm, well I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm told <laughs> that there are interviews and examinations held. And there are girls without it even set have been mm -hmm. called mm -hmm. and got it. Well, now, what's the girl's name? E Evelyn. Evie. What age is she? She's 18 now. She's 18. Did her leaving this year, or last year, last June? Leaving cert in June 77. Yeah. Um, Academically. She, 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 yeah. she, she got her exam yeah. taken, yes. And uh, has she applied to any... She's applied to every hospital in Ireland, yes, and they all rebuked her. The only one that gave any kind mm. of a little source of encouragement is the Bonds here. The Bonds, yes. Well, I'll, in, I'll make inquiries in the bonds anyway. I'll see if I can do anything for her. I'll get on to the matron, and um, I'll let you know how I get on. Thanks, Sylvia.
from from me. But I can assure you that, as far as I know, these uh, entry examinations are competitive, and uh, I have made representations on behalf of a lot of people, and I haven't succeeded very well. So unless the, the person, the applicant, is you know able, to, but she might necessarily have the. Uh, academic qualifications, but then there's an interview and they assess their she, suitability. She hasn't even got as far as, uh, as uh, being called for an interview. All. No, well, no. Yes. Well, leave it with me. I make inquiries. Midday. The day was wearing on. The house was packed. Incidentally, 95% of women didn't want to talk or wouldn't be recorded. The waiting room was full of women with children, old men gazing furtively at the racing sheets, the children crankily looking for ice cream and looking for the toilet. For the party machine, it was time for instant soup. For the Taoiseach, it was business as usual. Are your clinics much different when you're, say, out of power? Uh, not much, really. Uh, except uh, when you're in power, you perhaps get more of the national issues uh, rather than the local ones because when you're in power, naturally people who have uh, problems that might be of a, a, a wider nature than personal problems, these people tend to come to the minister or the teacher, as the case may be, in office, because they feel they're getting straight to the uh, centre of power, so to speak. There were times, too, this morning, people were good enough to allow us to sit in and tape their conversations. Other people were more private, more personal. It's very much like a confessional, isn't it? It is indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, when I used to, to come in here first, uh, I used to sit in a room downstairs, and next to the, the bigger room, which is the, where the constituency uh, party has its meetings, and we got old forms or seats, like uh, in church benches, and people used to move up one after the other in, t in turn, and maybe one out of three would address me as father when they'd come in because it reminded so much of confession. But I mean, on the other side of it then, it is uh, to an extent a, a confessional in the sense that if people want to unburden themselves, uh, if, you want to, if they want to give you the whole story, they'll do that. If they feel they can depend upon you to keep confidential what ought to be kept confidential. But it's often always necessary to get the whole story in order to get to the kernel of the problem. And a lot of people aren't able to, you know, express themselves specifically enough. So it takes a lot of time, really, to get to the point that people want you to pursue. What's the problem? Uh, well, our problem is that we got a letter from the Minister for Post and Telegraph to change our number. Oh, yeah. Making a six-digit. Yes, I see. And I have tried to arrange a meeting with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excuse me a second. Hello? I don't know if he's still there. I'll inquire. Just a second, please. Your problem seems to be that the... The Post and Telegraphs want to change your telephone number by inserting another digit. Yes. From uh, five double nine double nine to five oh double nine double nine. Our phone number is five double two double one. Oh, and 
that's only just a, oh that's only an example, an example. I see that's right but they, they want to change it from five double two double one to five oh double two double one yeah just yeah and we're all I'm actually the chairman of the taxi cooperative yes and we're all taxi drivers who formed uh, a taxi co-op seven years ago yes But do you think the change would affect your and business? We feel that the change will affect our business yeah. in a big way. But according to this notification that you got, um, they say that it's necessary to change in order to provide for the further growth of the telephone network. Obviously, there's some technical well, consideration uh, involved. I presume that the reason for that is this new telephone exchange is going up in Churchfield. Yes. But, uh, as I said, I've been trying to get a meeting with Tom Fitzpatrick yeah. on it, and uh, well, I only sent a letter off to him yesterday. I see. Uh, I was originally I got off to Tom Meany because you I know Tom before. personally, yes. and well, he had told me to get in touch with Tom Fitzpatrick. Yeah. But uh, I tried to get in touch with him on the telephone, and I didn't get anywhere. I was. Yes, but he might not have been available at the time you were. Well, he, he wasn't himself, but he's secretary. Uh, was. I see, yes. But it all depends. Uh, it wouldn't seem at first sight, anyway, that there'd be any great problem when they say here that callers in the initial stages would be told that the number has been changed. They'd be that told that, but hmm. if, if you're on the. Now, uh, that phone number that we have there was origi originally belonged to CAB. And we actually built our business on that phone number. If you ask, if you walked out in the street and asked anybody for a phone number for a taxi company, that's the first one that comes to mind. Yes, five double two double one. Now five double two two one. Uh, well, now I don't know. I don't understand the complexities of the telephone no. network. But uh, if this is technically necessary, uh, I wonder yes, would it be possible for them to make an exception in your case. Well, I don't know, but I we hope that yeah. they would. Yeah. But we're also yeah. prepared to um, take another number. Other than the one they suggest, if if it was possible to get uh, all the files or something like that, we take it. Or if they made it double five, double two, double one. I see. But you 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 think that the O it will it will it upset people. It will upset. They will be able to keep to memorize it as easily. Well, that's that's the I whole see, idea. I see. So, uh, if if they can't retain the O number, then you prefer in, uh, another number that would be easily memorised, so people who would want to ring for a taxi wouldn't have to look up a telephone directory. Is the clinic a very important part of political life? It is, it, it is, and it's getting more so. Some people decry it. Some people say that it oughtn't to happen, that we are sent to Godoy as legislators. But uh, you can't legislate for the community. You can't legislate for the country unless you know what the needs and the problems of the people and of the country are. And I think there's no better way of making oneself familiar with these problems than to meet the people face-to-face -face who have the problems and who are suffering under perhaps various uh, difficulties or uh, lack of knowledge of their rights. 
So in that way, I think it's important too. You, you know what people's problems are and you get to know then how to solve them if necessary to you know, promote or try to influence legislation in the direction that can help. Oh, well, I would come back to Cork. Like, I mean, I uh, yeah. love Cork. The Spark is for Cork all the time, you know. As long as to be the south side, not the north side. Isn't it? Well, it doesn't matter, really. <laughs> <laughs> Cork is Cork. It's a pleasure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know that you would be here this yeah. morning, but I'm meeting my sister around 2 o'clock, and I thought, well, I'll just chance and see us. Oh, no. There, you look marvellous. Sure, not too bad, you know, feeling in good form. Except I'm a bit hungry now. I'd say so. And how is Mrs. Lynch? Well, she's fairly well. She's got touch of a cold at the moment. Is she? Forgive her my regards. Well, of course, indeed. And I don't think I have much more to say to you. Okay. Do you find that they come in, perhaps, old people, just to see you, to say hello to you? Does that ever happen? Well, some people do, yes. It often, and particularly people who perhaps from the country who might have known their father or something like that, and just say hello. They want to say hello to their niece's son. They knew him when he was a small boy in West Cork and that kind of thing. Or if people uh, had been away for a few years, I've often had fellows coming back, say, from San Francisco. They might be in Cork on holidays, might come in for a chat about old times. I mean, can tell you I don't have much time for chats because uh, I could see anything up to uh, 40 or 50 people uh, in the course of a, a Saturday session here. Uh, not so much nowadays because I have a lot of help, but there was a time when there were only two of us Fianna Fáil TDs in the city, and I was often here at the into the late afternoon, having started at about half past nine in the morning. It was now three o'clock in the afternoon, a long day since 10.30, and the young girl and her baby sat wearily, but hopefully waiting for their moment. What's your name? What is it? Fyro? Fyro? That's a ten, isn't it? I'm living in a flat on the south side. And yeah. um, my bedroom is absolutely reeking and dampness. My kitchen wallpaper is just fed. The walls are supposedly. If it's yeah. going down so much in the road, down, you know. Yeah. We're living eating in a room ten by eight. My child has been in hospital. She mm. fell down the steps with a fractured skull. She yeah. got four of them twice because we're confined, like, you yeah. know, to, this, to the little room. There's only one room. Uh, we're, we're living in the room. We're living and eating in the room, ten by eight, but we have a bedroom. And a bedroom as well, that, I you see. Know? Uh, yes. But mm. she got born twice mm. because, you know, I'm watching her the whole time. Accidents happen when she has no scope. I know, there's no room for her to move around. No, and also I was yes. attending, I'm attending Dr. Shannon, the specialist in St. Finbar's. I'm suffering from hyper hyperventilation. I see. Mm. My heartbeat is going too fast. I and, see, um, yeah. They said it's due to tension. Mm. And I was also with a Callaghan and suffering from, said, from the worst form of migraine. I see. Also brought on tension from where I'm living. I see. You know? uh, is this the only child you have? Yes, yeah. um, what, what age is she? She's two. Age two. You won't be long more now, or you'll be on your way. And uh, you, your husband, is he working? He's working, yes, mm. yeah, yes. Mm. Yeah. And what? Um, working. There's a long vacancy in Drummer Free Road. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I'm hoping to get that, you know, as well as that. My mother had a, a very bad accident and she, her hip is in pieces and her, she has yeah. a dislocated shoulder. Yeah, and she's living nearby. She is, you see, mm -hmm. her, her left arm is useless to one, mm. it means I have to go home and help yeah. her, you know. And that means I can't afford, if I ever do move, I can't afford to go far, you know? Yes, yeah. And is there anybody else to look after but you? No. Um. I have my There must be times, too, Tisha, when you find it very moving. It is. One feels... Tremendous sympathy for people, uh, no matter how much experience you have with this. You will never become callous about it. You will never become, you know, too objective. You kind of feel that their problem is part of yours. And I'm not being too sanctimonious in this now, but uh, uh, you do know that some people do have problems. And it's, it's um, I won't say a pleasure, but it's, you know, some satisfaction to feel that you can help them in some way. As I said, they don't often always need help because they'll get it anyway. It's their entitlement under the law.